Canadians continue to cope with inflation rates not seen since way back then, according to StatsCan's latest Consumer Price Index report. The country's annual inflation rate in September dropped just a bit to 6.9% from 7% in August. University of Calgary economics professor Trevor Toome says inflation has been slowing over the last few months, largely due to gas prices. Energy prices was the overwhelmingly dominant factor that led inflation to rise as high as it did. And so for it to lead the deceleration is not at all surprising, right? And it is tied to oil prices, which have come down from their highs earlier this year. You know what hasn't come down? Food prices. That includes a 7.5% jump in the cost of restaurant meals and an 11.4% jump for groceries. That's the biggest surge since way back in 1981, before the safety dance even was released. Add it all up, and analysts are concerned that inflation is proving more persistent than expected. It also means we can expect another interest rate hike from the Bank of Canada next week. The next announcement is on October 26th. Analysts are divided right now. Most are leaning now towards a 75 basis point hike so from 3.2% now to 5%, rather, up to 4.4%. Um, keep in mind, it was 0.25% just in January. So that's a big jump in one calendar year, and we're not even done yet. Well, joining me now with more on this is economist Jim Stanford. He's director of the Center for Future of Work and author of a new report out today, along with the Canadian Labour Congress, called Orthodox Cure for Inflation Will Be Worse Than the, than the Disease. Uh, Jim, the title says it all. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ben. Uh, no surprise, I guess, that inflation remains high, but stubbornly so. What do you make of it? Well, there wasn't much to celebrate in that uh, report today from Statistics Canada. The, the so-called headline rate fell just a bit from 7 to 6.9%. That was, as, as uh, the economist cited in that report mentioned, all due to gasoline prices. Uh, other things, including groceries, are still going up. The uh, Bank of Canada's interest rate hikes, uh, curiously, have not reduced inflation. In fact, they've made it worse, Ben. Uh, Housing costs are 30% of the total consumer price bundle, and housing costs are going up because of higher interest rates, Uh, both the mortgage component of uh, people who own their house plus rents. Rents are really going up. So, you know, so far, the cure is worse than the disease, uh, if you like yeah, and, and you have a 32-page report uh, that, that delves into that deeply into why it isn't working. But I guess before we go there, uh, and as you mentioned, Canadians are really feeling the impact of eroding spending power, higher cost to service their debts, including mortgages and otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, this, these are tough times. I mean, uh, that, that inflation rate doesn't tell the whole story, does it? No, they're very tough times. I mean, remember, we've just come through a pandemic. The pandemic is ultimately the key factor at work here. Uh, it was the disruptions in supply chains and transportation costs and now the energy price shock uh, from the invasion of Ukraine and so on uh, that's been driving uh, this. So honestly, the last, uh, Canadians are pulling out their hair, aren't they? They, they? they tried hard to get through the pandemic to get their jobs back, to pay their bills. Now the interest rates are going up and now we're looking at a, a likely recession right around the corner. So, you know, it's no wonder there's a bit of a bleak mood out there. Yeah, we just uh, talked about a holiday spending report that Deloitte put out yesterday where Canadians mm. are, are feeling pretty gloomy going into the holidays. Not about each other. We're happy to see each other again. Sure. We're certainly planning, certainly planning on spending less, and I think that reflects overall consumer confidence. So the Bank of Canada is really playing by its playbook. Uh, many other central banks are doing exactly the same thing. Hike interest rates, try to lower demand, 
and then inflation falls, so the story goes. Uh, but Canada is doing this further and faster than others. And you think that's the wrong move? I, I do. I don't know why, as a small, open trading economy, Canada should be in the lead of this race. But we are. Uh, along with the Americans, together, we have increased interest rates further and faster than in, uh, any other major industrial country. The Europeans have gone much easier. Uh, Japan has, hasn't raised their interest rates at all. So, um, you know, it's, it is almost like the people in charge have looked at that 1980s textbook. I know we were doing some nostalgia with men without hats there. And that is my, that is my era too. And I learned economics in the eighties and we were all told it's a nightmare wage price spiral wages rise and prices rise and wages rise again. And the only way to combat it is to clamp down the whole economy with high interest rates. Well, that nightmare scenario from the 1970s isn't remotely what's happening right now, Ben. Uh, wages were not increasing, and they're still not increasing, despite the uptick in inflation uh, at anything unusual. Um, prices have grown much more than wages, and the, the labor share of the overall economic pie has actually shrunk, not grown. That's the exact opposite of the 1970s. But uh, we're still applying that same recipe, if you like, that same policy response, um, even though the inflation we see today, the result of the pandemic, was never written up in any textbook, I can tell you. We never studied the economic effects of pandemics in any of those textbooks. So I think we should be a bit more creative in thinking about how we respond. Yeah, I'm thinking back to my economics courses in the 80s. I don't remember anything about uh, a, a sudden and abrupt deflation with a bunch of savings, huge jumps in demand, mm. a supply chain crunch, and then a war uh, on it, you know, affecting energy prices, it seems. <laughs> we use the word unprecedented you know all the it, time. Ben. You know it. I'll try not to use it again. So we're looking at another interest rate hike, though, next week. I mean, we're looking at yeah. a, week from, a week from today. Um, you think, obviously, that's a misguided move. I, I do. You know, we're we're driving. It's like we're driving into fog, Ben. And when you drive into fog, you should slow down. Honestly, uh, we don't know what's going to happen globally. We should wait and see what's happening to the Canadian economy. It's quite possible we are already in recession. Uh, recession is defined as two quarters of shrinking real GDP in a row. And the, the quarter that just finished, the July to September quarter, we don't have the data on yet. We won't get it for a few more weeks. But there's a good chance it was negative in which case the recession uh, has likely already started. And the idea of actually increasing interest rates further while we're already going into a recession, uh, frankly, would be a disaster. Then it's not going to be a short recession. It's going to be a long, painful thing. It's going to be like the recession of 81, 82, or 1990 to 1992 all over again. And um, Canadians, uh, you know, as, as we talked about, Canadians are not, not ready for that at all. No, and you've mentioned, too, that the right answer here, you think, and you just mentioned it, is patience, because all the factors that are driving up inflation, as uh, unique as they are in this circumstance, uh, that the real answer here is just to, to wait in some ways. It's not the only answer, but it's one of them. It's part of the answer, Ben. Um, and, and this is where I think um, I, sort of interrogating a bit the Bank of Canada's theory uh, I think is important. And that is one thing we do in that paper that we released uh, today. They have a theory that in expectations of inflation will actually cause inflation. And this is one of the reasons they're in such a hurry to get inflation down, no matter what the cost. Because they say if we are patient and we allow some of those international factors, like the supply chain problems, the transportation costs, uh, the oil price shock, etc., if we just wait and allow those to dissipate, 
in the meantime, Canadians will change their expectations and that will lead to higher inflation in the future. And that theory that inflation expectations themselves cause the inflation, I think, is quite unrealistic. Lots of us have got expectations that, you know, prices are going up. We see it every week at the grocery store. But that doesn't mean we can automatically demand wage increases to reflect those expectations. Not far from it. Most Canadians' wages haven't gone up anywhere near the 10% increase in the price of groceries. So uh, this focus on expectations, I think, is a bit uh, extreme. And uh, I do think that if we protected Canadians a bit during the inflation and tried to address some of those underlying causes, like the supply chain problems, and try to increase production rather than decrease it, which is what's happening now, then we could get inflation down without throwing the whole economy into a recession. The lucky ones these days, Jim Stanford, appear to be corporations because if anyone's not having a tough time right now, it seems to be corporations that are reporting huge profits. Uh, And uh, you've pointed that out too, that uh, while corporations are doing really well, the average Canadian worker isn't doing so well. We uh, have had a lot of discussion the last week or so about supermarket profits, Uh, Ben. That, of course, has been in the public eye because of uh, some of the votes. Uh, The Parliament, uh, House of Commons, has voted to uh, investigate supermarket profits and the role that they've played in pushing up that food inflation. But uh, it's not just supermarkets. Uh, Really, across the economy, we've seen a real surge in uh, corporate profits. Um, And I guess, in a way, we shouldn't be surprised. I mean, inflation is... Uh, the result of companies putting up their prices. And in some cases, that's purely because their own costs went up and they're passing it on. But uh, across the board, there's lots of evidence they're doing more than that. They're taking advantage of this moment of uncertainty, the supply chain problems, uh, the uh, kind of pent-up demand that consumers had as a result of the lockdowns and increasing prices more than their costs. Uh, We've seen uh, this year an increase in corporate profits to the highest share of GDP ever in history. About 20% of Canada's GDP now shows up in after-tax profits uh, for corporations. Uh, Workers' share of the pie has shrunk because their wages are not keeping up with prices. Uh, The small business share of the pie has shrunk a little bit, not as much as for workers. uh, But larger businesses uh, are actually doing very, very well. This was meant to be a time, we heard the term build back better a lot uh, Mm. during the course of uh, the early days of the pandemic. It feels like this was an opportunity to do that as far as some of the economic inequalities were concerned. It feels like we're going in the opposite direction, Jim. Uh, Right now, I I think we are. And, uh, uh, you know, that's kind of reinforced by the sort of the the negative mood and the fear and the expectations that uh, Canadians have that uh, a lot of... uh, you know, a lot of the progress we've made rebuilding from the pandemic, and frankly, we did really well initially. We we bounced back faster than I ever would have thought we would have, uh, in part thanks to some of the emergency measures that were put in place. Uh, But now we've stalled. We we still aren't back to where we should be. Our kind of trend growth in uh, in gross domestic product is uh, uh, still not there, Uh, and yet we're being told, you know, we got to tighten our belts and, and clamp down. So um, I am worried about what that's going to do to our social fabric. You know, we've had a lot of tensions and kind of divisions that came out uh, after the pandemic. And I think that with a recession and more tough times, those those tensions could be inflamed. And you've pointed out that we can't rely on the Bank of Canada to do this alone. That's one of the big issues here. We've sort of turned to the bank and said, OK, do your thing. Um, they are. They're playing by their playbook. But clearly you think the federal mm-hmm. government uh, has a role here that uh, some of the supports we saw during the pandemic might even help. 
Yeah, I think uh, in that period since the 1980s, when those textbooks were written that we were talking about, um, there, there has been a kind of an assumption that inflation is the problem of the central bank. So we'll let the central bank handle it. And I, I think that kind of passing of the buck is, is not quite right. First of all, the, the, the central bank might not do the right thing, and I'm worried about that right now. The central bank might not have the, problem, the, the power to single-handedly solve the problem. You know, when the, when the economy is weak, low interest rates alone don't do the trick. And when the economy is stronger and inflation might be higher, higher interest rates alone might not do the trick either. So this is where we do need, I think, uh, government uh, and other agencies to play an active role, both in limiting inflationary pressures, but also protecting Canadians against them until their kind of underlying causes uh, are addressed. Jim Stanford, thank you so much for your time. Fascinating. I suggest uh, listeners have a quick look uh, for the report. Again, it's called uh, Orthodox Cure for Inflation Will Be Worse Than the Disease. It's well worth uh, reading. It's not a point of view you always hear, but it certainly is an interesting one. Thanks so much tonight. And thanks for having me.